1 Samuel 15, verse 22. Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Let me also read that from the Message Bible. I, I like the way this really says it. So this is verses 22 and 23, also in 1 Samuel 15. Then Samuel said, Do you think all God wants are sacrifices? Empty rituals just for show? He wants you to listen to him. Plain listening is the thing. Not staging a lavish religious production. Not doing what God tells you is far worse than fooling around in the occult. Getting self-important around God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. This verse is in context to the prophet Samuel speaking to King Saul. But it applies to us. Do we want to rule with Jesus? Do we want to have rulership and reign with him? Do we want God to say yes to our ruling and reigning with him? If we do, then we must say yes to God's command. To God's command. The command of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord, the moving of the Holy Spirit. Our response needs to be yes. I shared last week about uh, at McDonald's. Um, If you weren't here last week, you know, I was at a funeral last week and we went and got hamburgers and some to take back. And so I was back in the line. There was a young man and uh, the Lord gave me a word for him. So he had my hamburgers and I said, uh, young man, I don't know what you believe, but I'm a Christian. So I believe in Jesus and God's given me a word for you. And here's what he said. He says, keep your eyes on him through the good, through the bad. But his blessings are upon you. His favor is upon you. You will find success in all that you do, but keep your eyes on Jesus but he wants you to know that you are successful and that you will be successful, but keep your eyes on him. He just smiled and looked me in the eyes and said, thank you, sir, I needed that. Guys, we we need to be locked and loaded with a yes to the Lord, a yes to the Lord. If we're going to err, let's err on the side of yes to the Lord, not on the the side of caution. Let's not err on the side of caution and be intentive. Well, I'm not sure if it's the Lord or not. Well, man, let's, let's throw it out there and see if it sticks. If it's not, then we'll go, hey, you know, don't believe that was the Lord, but that's all right. I appreciate the courage and the, the willingness to, to grow in your giftings. That's not the worst thing in the world. Let's say I totally miss it. And the guy's like, I, you know, didn't even speak English. He was like, you know, and then he, so he didn't hear a word I said. I still brought what God put on my heart to do. You know, when I, when I lay hands on the sick, I'm not responsible for their healing. You know that, right? When you lay hands on the sick, you're not responsible for them being healed. You're just responsible to be obedient and to say in the name of Jesus, be healed. I purposefully chose the word sacrifice tonight. I chose this because many times obedience is a sacrifice. But it's our obedience that God wants. Not some religious self-denying effort. Okay, that's not, that's not what this is about. It's about trust in Him and when we trust in Him, we obey. When we believe in Him, we believe that He is good, that He only has good for us, and He speaks, then we trust Him. We obey. We do. 
We're going to be in John chapter 15 for for the rest of the night. Not like the rest of the night. night you know, It's not a long message, but for the rest of my sermon. John chapter 15, verse 8. I'm going to kind of read and elaborate on different scriptures. Verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Question. What is the proof that we are followers of Jesus Christ? What's the proof that we are followers of Jesus Christ? Fruit. Fruit is the proof that our lives bear fruit. Bear fruit. That's the proof. That's how the world will know that we are followers, that we believe in Jesus Christ, is fruit. Verse 9, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. If I can just pause there for a second. If you, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. You guys, when we are so in love with him, keeping his commandments just comes easy. I, I am so in love with this woman. Pleasing her just comes naturally. It's not a task. It's not a chore. It's not an obligation. I don't have a checklist of things I have to do to please her. I love her. And so the fruit of my love for her is it's just effortless. Serving God and keeping His commandments is not this rigid list of rules. If we love Him, we just do. Because I just want to please you. I just want to glorify you. I want people to forget me and remember you. Loving Him, abiding in His love, the result is us keeping His commands. I truly believe that. But once again, friends, it's got to be something we purpose in our heart to do. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So what is the result of our love for God? The result of our love for God is obedience. Not because I've been ordered to do so, but because I love Him. Does that make sense? I don't want to overcomplicate this. And I don't want to make it some religious thing that's about doing a bunch of things to earn his favor. That is not what we do. The result of my love for God is obedience. I love him, so I obey him. I trust him. I know that he only has good for me. So I obey him. The things I do for my wife, the things I do for my children, the things I do for my friends, the things I do for the church, I don't do them out of obligation. I don't do the things I do because I'm obliged to. In my my pastoring of this church, I don't do things out of obligation. I do things out of love. First and foremost, my love for God I want him to be pleased. I want him to be glorified. The things I do for my wife, I do out of love. The things I do for my kids, I do out of love. 
There's times I think, ah, man, these kids are spoiled rotten. Man, we have spoiled these kids. They, they're just spoiled. They have everything. They have, can we go out for ice cream? Sure, come on, buddy. Spoiling these kids right now. Here you go, have some more ice cream. We love our kids. I'm a flawed father. You're, you're a, if you're a parent, you're a flawed parent, right? I mean, this is not like a surprise or anything. If you're a parent, you're a flawed parent. A perfect parent in this room. But our father, he is perfect. And the love he has for us is perfect. And sometimes that's hard for us to grasp because perhaps we've had a bad example of what fathering or mothering should be. Perhaps there's been abuse or disappointment or failure or betrayal. And so we don't know what that means. But I'm telling you, our father is perfect. And his love that he has for us is perfect. And we can trust him. Do I make sacrifices for the ones I love? Yeah. Do I make sacrifices for God whom I love? You bet I do. Jesus asked Peter. You know, we just wrapped up two weeks of preaching on Peter. And talking about God's faithfulness. Three times Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. And followed each time by the command to do what? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, care for my sheep. To work, to do. Each time it was followed by a command. Do you love me? Then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Do you love me, Lord? Then take care of my sheep. Commands each time. Verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? How did Jesus demonstrate his love? The next verse, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. How did Jesus demonstrate his love for us? Through both obedience and sacrifice. Jesus demonstrated his love for us through both obedience and sacrifice. Obedience. He was obedient to the Father's wishes that Jesus come down here and he lay down his life so that there would be no barrier of sin between us and the Father. Jesus was obedient to the Father. Obedience. Sacrifice. Jesus had to walk it out. He had to do what he said he would do. He had to do what the Father asked him to do. He had to walk it out. Sacrifice was required. I want to read 13 and 14 together. Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. Verse 14. You are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I can. What? Say what? You are my friends. Josh. You are my friends. If you do what I command. How many of us would accept those terms of friendship? How many of us would accept those terms of friendship? What an interesting thing to say. But what if that friend was noble and good? and loving and so, so trustworthy. 
Would you accept these terms of friendship then? What if that friend was not just good and noble and loving and trustworthy, but perfect? His ways were perfect. His instructions were perfect. His heart was perfect. Then, would you accept the terms of those friendship? You are my friends if you do what I command. Verse 15, No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Now wait a second. There's only one person who is able to call someone slave, right? And who's that? Master, right? I can't call any of you slave. I'm not your master. No longer do I call you slaves. Friends, we have to understand right away that Jesus is the master of our lives. If we've given our trust to him and placed our trust in him and and declared, I believe and I trust you, he is master. But what, what an awesome, what an awesome encouragement here. He no longer calls us slaves, but friend. So this loving, noble, trustworthy, perfect man is also our master. And this offer for friendship, freedom, love, joy, and inheritance is also coming from the only person that is capable of setting us free. This this plea for friendship is coming from the only person that's capable of breaking the chains that bind us, of removing the heaviness and oppression of slavery and giving us our freedom. And that's what Jesus Christ chooses to do. And then he says, and I want to be friends. I call you friends. I want to give you your freedom. It's no longer about what you can do for me. Okay, it's no longer about what you can do for me. Hear this, because the message is about sacrifice and obedience. It's no longer about what you can do for me. I want you to be not slave, but friend. Why? Because as a friend, I will lay down my life for a friend. That's what Jesus Christ demonstrated to us. He demonstrated it for us. He wants to call us friend and says, no greater love is there than this, that a friend would lay down his life for one another. Friends, it can't be out of obligation. The things we do for God, the sacrifices we make for God, there has to be a joy behind it because we do it out of a love for for Him. Verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. This is an interesting line here. Based on this passage of scripture here, The Father cannot give you whatever you are asking for if your life is not bearing fruit.
Jesus appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Friends, I just want to be honest with you. If your life ain't bearing fruit, if your life is not bearing fruit, there is not an obligation on the Father's part to do what you have asked him for in his Son's name. If your life is not demonstrating the work of of Jesus Christ and you're not bearing fruit, the Father has no obligation to entrust things to people who are untrustworthy. Whoa! Are you calling me untrustworthy? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, our life is to be one of obedience. I promise you this. If our life is one of obedience, we are bearing fruit. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. If you've been through our leadership training class, if you've in, or serve in any capacity of leadership, you hear those things all the time. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. When I look at you, what fruit am I seeing in your life? When the world looks at us, what, what kind of fruit are they seeing? Now, they might not be able to recognize it as Jesus Christ, but surely they can go, something is different about that guy. I'm going to saddle up next to him because something's different. I'm bound and determined to figure out what it is. Love, joy, peace. Guys, our life should be bearing the fruit of peace. When there's storms around us, in Jesus' name, we can speak to those circumstances of that storm and say, peace, be still. Our life should bear the fruit of joy. Why in the world are you joyful? Why in the world are you happy? You just lost your job. Yeah, but God's in control. I trust Him. Why? Look at the circumstances you're in. Why? How in the world can you be joyful? Because my joy is not based on circumstances. It's based on the fact that Jesus is mine. And I trust Him. And if I walk through this difficulty, he's going to carry me through. And I can't wait to see what he has for me on the other side. I'm ready to walk it with him because I trust him. So I'm okay with that. I wasn't promised a perfect life. Nowhere does this promise me a trouble-free life. So I trust him. If I've got to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I will make it through that valley. Fruit brings forth fruit. Fruit brings forth fruit. We've been offered friendship from the King of Kings. We've been offered friendship from the perfect master, the one whom we can fully trust. But we must agree to this offering of friendship by obeying his command. Relationship, right? Not religion. Relationship, not religion. What we have is relationship with Jesus. Not religion, right? When we talk about obedience, many times that falls under the category of religion. You've got to be obedient to this, this, and this. Think about the best friendships you have. Think about the best relationships you have. Think about the the most precious relationships you have. And your willingness to please because you love them. 
your willingness to, to jump because you love them, to serve, to do, to work, whatever. Friends, that's obedience. Hey, Mark, can you give me a hand? You bet, Dad. Hey, baby, can you, can you grab that for me? Absolutely, sweetie. Hey, Dad, can you help me with this? You betcha, son. Hey, Dad, can you? Absolutely. Obedience isn't a sign of weakness and, and slavery and bondage. It's a sign of freedom and love and liberty. I love that passage. The master, the only one that can give us our freedom, says, I want to be friends. We must agree to this offer of friendship by obeying his commands. Command, by the way, that will result in the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, goodness. It'll result in a sound mind. It will result in growth. But here's the cool part. The growth and all these fruits, yes, they're for you. But they're also for many, many others. I love that passage. Fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. but you must agree to obey. Your life will be free and you will be used by God to set others free. But you must agree to live a life of obedience. You know the the liberty I experience in doing what I do? It's all for Him. This is honestly, this is the truth, guys. I mean, I just, I, I don't care. If I preached what God put on my heart to preach, I don't care if that rubs you the wrong way, I'm good with that because I want to please Him and I'm obedient to Him. I was okay with getting up here going, worship was awesome. God didn't give me something. Let's close in prayer. It's about Him. There's someone who needs a touch. Will you go pray for Him? Lord, I'm in a supermarket. Will you go pray? Yes. Yeah. There's sin in your life. I want you to give it to me. I want you to repent of it and trust me that I'll fill that hole. You're filling that hole with all these other things. I want to trust you. I want you to trust me that that I'll fill it. Will you give me that sin? Yes, Lord. Would you accept the terms set by the only one who can set us free. Here's the bottom line. I mean, it's His terms. We don't write the rules. Here's the bottom line. He is Lord and I am not. He is God and you are not. And they're His terms. If you love me, keep my commandments. I read a verse from John chapter 14 last week. They said the exact same thing. John chapter 15. If you love me, keep my commands. We've got to demonstrate it, friends. Obedience is the only way that you will find freedom. 
Obedience is the only way that you will find freedom and obedience is the only way that you will be called friend. Strange. I think it's strange. If you want to be my friend, obey me. I think it's strange if those were my terms, but they're not my terms. I didn't write the rules. I will be your friend if you obey everything I do. That's strange to me, but I didn't write the rules. And I trust him. I trust him because he is good, he is noble, he is loving, he is pure, he's so, so good, he is perfect, he is my master, and I trust him implicitly that no bad is in him. Check this out. No bad is in him and no good is in me except Jesus. I trust him. So if those are his terms, done. If those are his terms, done. I don't have to reason it out. Friends, if our life is spent trying to reason things out and use logic to try and get things to add up, then we are missing the boat because that is not what faith is about. Sometimes faith is blind. But I'm willing to look foolish. I'm willing to stumble. I'm willing to step and just miss it and get up and go, at least I'm in the game. At least I'm walking it out. At least I'm, I'm taking chances and serving him. Without obedience, you have no freedom and are simply a slave. <laughs> a slave to what? To everything that keeps you bound. To everything that the enemy uses. Fear, shame, worry, man-pleasing, bondage. Let's not overlook that last verse we read. Verse 17. This I command you, that you love one another. In verse 12, Jesus says, love one another. He repeats himself five verses later in verse 17. This is my command that you love one another. In closing, let me read three verses together. I want to read verse 13, 14, and 17 together because it just says it so beautifully. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. This I command you that you love one another. It's all about Jesus, folks. When we give our hearts to Him, we're choosing to love Him. We're letting Him consume our hearts with His love. And we're demonstrating our love for Him by doing what pleases Him. Period. By being obedient to Him, by trusting Him. thing is doing the things that pleases God also it brings us joy and it bears fruit offering the world proof that we truly love God and are following him see I find freedom in that I don't got to provide I don't got to provide the world proof that I love God and following him fruit they'll look at my life and see fruit that that bears witness to my love for him You guys, this is the only way that we can be used to set people free as well. This is the only way that we can be used to bring God's love, grace, freedom, friendship is a life surrendered to Him. We saw it demonstrated by Jesus Christ. Obedience to the Father, sacrifice and what He carried out. We're supposed to have remaining fruit that affects others' lives. Right? Do 
Jesus has entrusted the care of others to a friend. Isn't that natural? Jesus has entrusted the care of others to a friend. He calls us friend. If I were to go out of town, and let's say I didn't have any family in here, I could say, I need to trust my most precious possessions to a friend. Who can watch my children? And I would trust what I value most to a friend. Right? It makes sense. I mean, that's... Jesus does the same with us. I'm I'm giving you care of ones I love. I'm entrusting this to a friend. I made the example a week or two weeks ago. Love makes us do some pretty foolish things. Some things where we just don't even think, but we just do. You look at stories. My dad was telling me a story, a military story when he was in the Navy last week. And there was a a part that came out and the result would have been an explosion. So he didn't even think. He just started doing and started getting other people to do to defuse the bomb. Realizing that death was probably likely, but that's okay. That's what they were trained to do. They were trained to think of unit before self. That's stupid. That I mean, he's he's going to die, but that's okay. That's also love. That's also honor. So we do some foolish things, but we do it for love. Friends, obedience matters. Sacrifice matters. They're not obligations, but rather they are the fruit of our love and our belief in Jesus Christ. I want to make this abundantly clear. Obedience and sacrifice are not what save us. Obedience and sacrifice are not what saves us. Obedience and sacrifice are not what puts us in right standing with God. That was the blood of Jesus. Plain and simple, the only thing, the work of Jesus Christ is the only thing that saved us and the only thing that puts us in right standing with God. But obedience and sacrifice are the results of friendship with God. Obedience and sacrifice are the results of love for God. But we got to grasp this understanding. If we've trusted in Jesus, our lives are no longer our own. They are His. They belong to the one whom we freely gave our lives to. I understand it's not a warm, fuzzy message. I understand it's not one that I'm going to get pats on the back for. But you know what? I will sleep like a baby tonight because I will... Because my obedience is pleasing to my Father. And you know what? I mean, what kids like broccoli for crying out loud? I mean, just... Let's live our lives selflessly and not selfishly. We can't make it about us. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. We can't make it about us. So who are we going to make it about then? We're going to make it about others? No, because others will let you down and fail you and you'll get burnt out that way. So if it's not about me and if it's not about you, who's it about? It has to be about God and our desire to please Him. So let's love one another. Let's demonstrate that love to one another by making sacrifices, by enduring difficulties, 
by enduring hardships, by having grace for one another. You guys, we've had a ridiculous amount of moves in this church during this season. An asinine amount of moves. I mean, truly ridiculous. As a church, we have seen amazing sacrifice of week in, week out, people willing to carry heavy stuff and not so heavy stuff, just lots of it, and to do it. And we've seen that sacrifice. Moving is not really fun, but we've seen that. I mean, that's, that's a small measure. You guys, let's live our lives selflessly. Let's live our lives to please God. The result of that is joy. The result of that is fruit that the world will see that will proclaim our love for him. Let's pray. Lord, we we love you and we trust you. And you're not just good. You're not just so, so good. You're not just noble. You are perfect. And your ways are perfect. And your heart is perfect. And your love for us is perfect. So we can trust you. We can trust you in all that you say for us to do. Because you are perfect. Lord, we are flawed, but you are perfect. So Lord, right now we just set our hearts on you. Lord, we love you. And our answer to you is yes, Lord. Our response to your call is yes. You ask if we trust you, our response is yes. And the demonstration of that trust is an obedience to you, Lord God, to keep your commands, to grow in you, to receive your grace, to keep our eyes on you, not on ourselves, not on our actions, not on our accomplishments or what we can do, but to keep our eyes on you when we fall, when we're striding strong and everything in between, to keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen. If we can keep our eyes closed for just one moment. I've talked about love a lot tonight. And I know that the minute that I was convinced of my love for Kara Camille Johnston, I couldn't wait another day before I made her mine, before I said, will you be my wife? I couldn't wait because I loved her. And I knew, and I didn't need to be convinced. I was already convinced. If you're here tonight and you are convinced of God's love for you and you are convinced of your belief that he is good and you want to make him yours, you want to receive his free gift of salvation. He paid the price for it. You just want to say yes to him. Yes, I trust you. Yes, I believe in you. If you're here and you've never done that, but right now in this moment you want to, I just want you to lock eyes with me, raise hands as a proud proclamation to, yes, this day I am placing my trust in Jesus Christ. I am declaring, I believe him, I believe his love for me, I believe his perfect, and I'm giving my life to him. Is there anybody? Just raise your hand and lock eyes with me. Is there anyone? Lord, I thank you for each person in this place tonight, Lord, and I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your plan for us, Lord God. I thank you for your goodness. 
Lord, right now I just speak your blessing over every individual, every child, every adult, every teenager, every couple and marriage, every family that's here tonight. Lord, I just proclaim your blessing, your goodness, your favor. Lord, I ask you to reveal your love in cool and powerful and amazing and tangible ways to each one of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.